Hey there, we're the West Slot Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspel. Uh, we continue our summer previews with a look at the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, that would be week five coming off our bye week. So, uh, the la- Fighting Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. Last weekend in September. Um, you know, should be a, a lovely day in Evanston. And uh, I believe I saw already that game is sold out. Uh, that game sold out before Notre Dame sold out. And, and Notre Dame, as of, as of the time we're recording this, has not yet sold out. So um, that is going to be a full stadium. Uh, probably a lot of uh, yellow and blue. I'm not going to call it what they want me to call it because F them. Um, Michigan, defensively, very, very good. Yes, John? Yeah. <laughs> they were. They. I'm sure Scuzz is going to discuss issues that were had by the Wolverines, but no such issues were had on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you've got to hand it to them. Holy moly, did they reload. Um, they had new starters at just about every defensive position last year. Um, defensive lineman Mike McCray was the only starter returning. So what did Michigan do? It plugged in a bunch of monster recruits, and they all played like stars. Seriously, all of them. Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary looked awesome as reserve defensive ends in 2016. In 2017, they came in and combined for 30 tackles for loss and 14 sacks. Um, Defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, who was also a new starter, put up another 14.5 TFLs and 5 sacks. Uh, So again, that's... 44 and a half tackles for loss out of three defensive linemen. Um, Hurst is an Oakland Raider now, but Winovich and Gary are back and they may be even scarier this year. Um, at linebacker, Michigan turned to Devin Bush and Kalik Hudson, two sophomores who had basically zero experience. They combined for 185 tackles and another 28 tackles for loss. And Bush was a third team All-American. Michigan broke into completely new secondary last year. David Long and Lavert Hill came in, graded out as two of Pro Football Focus's top cover corners in the country, picked off four balls, and anchored the number one pass defense in the Big Ten. Both of those guys are back, as well as both of Michigan's safeties. Michigan deserved to have the number two scoring defense in the Big Ten last year after Wisconsin. They finished third behind Penn State, uh, which is BS um, because of Penn State's early season schedule. Penn State, I mean, Michigan is far superior to Penn State defensively, far superior. Um, But again, because of Penn State's wonky start to the season, they ended up with better stats. Um, Again, Scuzz will talk more about how that's partly Michigan's crap offense's fault for making Penn State's D look so good, but I digress. Um, This Wolverines team might have been saddled with that bad offense last year, but the defense hit the ground running immediately with brand new personnel. Just a fantastic job of recruiting and coaching, and now all the important pieces are back. Um, If Michigan had a weakness last year, it was the Wolverines' number six ranked run defense, but they still only gave up 120 yards a game remember there were a lot of really good run defenses in this conference um and that was more a product of teams realizing they couldn't throw the ball against michigan and just 
trying to run as best they could. Um, Michigan and Ohio State both got torched defensively by Penn State last year. The difference is that Michigan buckled down after that and played fantastic defensive football the rest of the way. There is no Iowa debacle on UM's resume. They have the Penn State hiccup, and that's it. It was like almost a metronome of quality. Um, This is just a phenomenal defense. Uh, It's one of the jewels of what is easily the best defensive conference in the nation. It has no weaknesses, is strong against the run and the pass, is experienced, and is deep. All we can do is pray that Michigan hasn't answered its offensive question marks by the time the Wolverines come to Evanston I'll be very curious to what's about what Scuzz has to say relative to those question marks. Uh, so yeah, turning to the offensive side, I mean the the big story in the off season was uh, their uh, t- uh, quarterback situation. Shea Patterson uh, winning his appeal to play right away after transferring out of the uh, steaming tire fire of Ole Miss. I was going to say, when you have a phrase, Ole Miss player wins appeal, that's probably the best possible scenario that those words are going to come out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Shea Patterson comes in. I mean, quarterback has been an issue for Michigan uh, past few years, although Wilton Spate decided, eh, let's go to UCLA. Go play for Chip Kelly for a year, see what happens. Yeah, good luck to him. Um, he, he wasn't going to play at Michigan. He sure wasn't, nope. <laughs> So yeah, tell, tell us about the O. Yeah, so Harbaugh's had everything uh, in his three years at Michigan, with the exception of a quarterback. And then Shea Patterson fell into his lap, and in a year where he actually has enough returning talent to make a run at something, um, I think Michigan fans are, are thinking that then will finally be now. Um, <laughs> a little little subtle star, star uh, space balls there for you. Um so last, you know, last year the quarterbacks were just downright awful. Uh, nobody eclipsed fifty-five percent completion, nor one thousand yards passing. That is stunning, especially with Grant Perry, Zach Gentry, and Donovan Peoples-Jones as targets. Uh, they also had a reasonable running game powered by Karen Higdon and Chris Evans. How were the quarterbacks possibly that bad? Uh, I don't know the answer other than Wilton Spate got injured and wasn't that great to begin with. Um, there's the young guy whose name is escaping me right now, Brandon Peters, who came in and maybe showed a little bit of life, but just wasn't great either. And now, wow, enter Shea Patterson. So before we get to the quarterback, uh, all those guys I mentioned before, they're all back. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a sophomore now. You might recall he was like the number one overall recruit a couple years ago. Uh, Tarek Black took a medical redshirt last year. He's back in the opposite wide receiver spot. The O-line has uh, a lot of continuity, a lot of depth. Uh, They're replacing two starters. Cesar Ruiz moves over to center. He played right guard. Uh, He started at right guard five games last year, so he brings in some pretty serious experience. And then uh, John Runyon Jr., if that name rings a bell at all, from his epic career in the NFL, (laughs) yeah, right, Um, uh, comes in at the uh, right tackle spot. Interestingly, you know, the, the offensive line at Michigan, their depth chart is not littered. Like when you look at Ohio State's depth chart, it is just five-star recruit after five-star recruit. Michigan's doesn't look that way. Um, they, they have very little depth at center. The best other recruit there is a guy named Cameron Cheeseman. What a name. <laughs> uh, but he's only 239 pounds uh, listed as a sophomore. So that's kind of, I mean, he played a bunch last year, but that's a, I, you can't play a guy as 240 at center. 
Um, they've got some solid, solid talent at the tackle positions, but in the middle, they're just, they don't have a ton of depth there. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the other interesting thing on all line is that they've brought in Ed Werner, uh, to be the offensive line coach. Um, they, they lost last year's O-line coach and OC, Tim Drevno. He went to, to USC. Supposedly, well, I'll, more, more on that in a minute, but um, Ed Warner, who was uh, one of the architects of Ohio State's epic run in, in 2014, he now comes in to coach the offensive line and presumably will be able to do a, a pretty good job. Uh, they they had a disastrous sack rate last year. They've really got to adjust that and get the get the running game uh, more charged up. If they're able to do those things and 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 protect Patterson, that I think will give the the Michigan fans the optimism that they are you know guzzling from the Kool Aid jug right now. Um, now I I would be guilty of said guzzling if I automatically said Patterson's going to be a revelation at Michigan. I think when you look at his game-by-game stats last year, there's some question marks. He was horrible against Alabama and LSU. He did light up Auburn like a Christmas tree. But outside of that, his stats all came against terrible non-conference competition and Vanderbilt. Now, that being said, Ole Miss is maybe not a great test case. Uh, Hugh Freeze had his untimely departure right before the season, as was well-documented and discussed on this podcast. Uh, there was just, you know, that whole team kind of collapsed and imploded. Um, and that's why, I, like, this is going to be fascinating to watch Michigan, not just for the game against Northwestern, not just with the conference, but, like, the national story around Michigan is utterly fascinating. When you think about Harbaugh, his record against Ohio State and Michigan State, the loss to Penn State last year, and that he's just he, he's he's not done what everyone expected him to do in the three years at Michigan. I.e., he's not won a conference championship. He's not put Michigan in anywhere near the playoff. I mean, they haven't finished better than third in the division. No, it's stunning. Uh, so, with this massive talent upgrade at quarterback with Patterson, like that's pretty huge. But the flip of that is that Michigan overall might also be a massive talent upgrade for Patterson and that he has not had this type of uh, talent across the board, certainly not on the defensive side. So all that being said, this game is definitely not a lost cause for NU. There was some interesting conversation coming out of Big Ten Media Days this past week. Uh, some some anonymous interviews with other Big Ten players about facing Michigan. And to a man... Uh, players talk about Michigan's offense as being very predictable. You know they're just going to run the ball. They're going to try to throw over the top. It's it, they, they just it's like a man-on-man game. They've got a lot of talent. Can they beat you? Um, there's a chance for the Cats. If, if we can make them one-dimensional, shut down their running game, I don't think we can stop their wide receivers and tight ends. They're just too talented. Uh, the, the one guy I forgot to mention, top recruit Mustafa Muhammad, 6'4", 244, tight end, I wouldn't be surprised if that guy's playing by by the end of September. He looks awesome. But if we can if we can rush Patterson, if we can maybe take take advantage of some of the the youth and turnover and depth on the offensive line, I think there's a chance. Uh, for all his talent, Patterson is a pro style QB, and I think that makes this a more favorable matchup for NUSD. We've talked about this a lot in terms of um, dual threat QBs, etc. The other really interesting thing. So I mentioned Tim Drevno was the offensive line coach and the OC. He's gone. 
And Harbaugh's reaction, and, and I think Bill Connolly sums this up really well. He says, Harbaugh's response was half inspired and half confusing because Harbaugh has done nothing. He hired Ed Warner to be offensive line coach. He has not publicly filled the offensive coordinator position. So he's got a passing game coordinator in Pep Hamilton. He's got a receivers coach in Jim McElwain, who was uh, OC at, at Alabama for a couple of national championships. And head coach at Florida. And head coach at Florida, where his offense was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, like, that's weird. And Harbaugh's not averse to weird things. Um, he kind of like that's kind of his mo sometimes. And maybe this is purposeful. Maybe maybe he's looking to see one of these coaches kind of emerge and step up. But um, right, I mean, right there, that's a, a, a big cause for concern going into the season and certainly a chink in the arm that you can maybe exploit if, um, if there is, you know, a lack of, of coaching leadership on the offensive offensive side and maybe Harbaugh plans to do it himself. And, you know, that comes with challenges as well for coaches stretching themselves, head coaches specifically stretching themselves too thin. So remains to be seen, but um, I think this team is far and away, especially the offense, the most interesting squad in the country uh, and on Northwestern schedule. Um, before we dive into their schedule, I, I do want to you know kind of touch on that that coaching situation. I mean, Harbaugh has you know consistently kept everything close to the vest. I mean, he you know ha- he didn't release a depth chart at all last year for any game, and you know that he really has sort of just made everything about himself to take all the attention away from the the kids. And not not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, he like has taken all the criticism and everything onto himself, kind of keeping you know his kind of protecting his kids as as opposed to I, maybe stealing their thunder is, is one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is a little more sinister. But I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at least for now. Well, um, plus plus two. I mean, and I know you're about to pivot here, but it's in terms of keeping things close to the vest. Michigan only plays one game in the first four games of their season that matters, and it's the first game, and it matters an unbelievable amount. <laughs> and I'm sure he's every decision he's making is with an eye on that game. So, yeah, the, the Michigan schedule, um, they open up the season September 1st at Notre Dame. Um, they come home to play Western Michigan and Southern Methodist and Nebraska three in a row uh, before coming to Evanston. They go home to play Maryland and Wisconsin. Then they're on the road at Michigan State. They get their bye week. Uh, home for Penn State at Rutgers. Home for Indiana. And the big game at Ohio State uh, this year in Columbus. Um, you know. Yeah, Ooh, Nelly. Yeah, when, when that, we, that's a tough schedule. I mean. When, when we did Purdue, I said that was the early favor for most interesting schedule. This is the most interesting yeah, schedule. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. I mean. There, I for me, ceiling is twelve and zero. Floor is six and six. It's, yeah, I, it, it's like it's the most volatile. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I was just going to ask if you think that they could they could do worse than last year's eight and four record um, during the regular season, and you've you've answered that question, uh, and I totally agree. I mean, I I don't think they'll be six and six. I don't think. I mean, but they play a brutal road stretch. Notre Dame, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Ohio State on the road. Um, and keep in mind, right, the Michigan State kind of owns them right now. 
So I mean, Har- Harbaugh is a con- combined one in five against Michigan State and Ohio State. So right, and and that kind of uh, takes me to another interesting Harbaugh um, tidbit. Uh, he has not been in any job more than four years. Uh, this is now his fourth year in Michigan. Um, if they go eight and four, seven and five, how hot does that seat get? I mean, he is their you know favorite son come home, but uh, you know. He always sort of, you know, he gets to the point where he starts rubbing everyone the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, I already think the bloom's off that rose. He's got to win this year. Nah. Uh, you don't think nah, so? No what do you th- Well, what do you think the number is? What do you think he's so, got to get? So, I mean, the, the, yes, he's one in five against those teams, but the crazy punt play, weather last year, um, the, just the, I mean, the Ohio State game has been a nail biter. I think every year. I guess last, last year, year it wasn't. wasn't. So much. Last year it wasn't, uh, and in fifteen it wasn't. But in sixteen they came so close. I just, I th- I think that they they know that they they can't do like the crazy higher fire swing thing, and to to knock off a guy as who's as big a deal as Harbaugh who is recruiting like crazy, their program has to be just drinking from the money fountain right now. Um, I don't think there's any way that they fire him uh, unless something truly catastrophic happens. And their team's just too good for that to happen. And frankly, he's too good of a coach. Like he, I mean, you look at the quarterback stuff. Sure. It's, it's on him that he hasn't, that he hasn't been able to recruit a big time QB and develop him in the last three years. But, at the same time, he's, you know, he had a bit of a bear cupboard. Like Brady Hoke didn't, I guess, didn't do him a lot of favors. I, just, I guess, I, I mean, I, I don't. Brady Hoke, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think Michigan people are upset with him. I I think that they're. Really? You don't think so? I, so yeah. I, I mean, Sam, Sam dodged it several different ways in saying it, but. This guy's a dick. <laughs> now he wins. Yeah, but he's their dick. But I mean, he's not someone who anyone likes where he goes and he tends to cover up with that by winning. But he's, but I don't know. I mean, eight and four. I mean, that was a serious underperform last year. And yes, I know they've had bad breaks. And you're right. He's recruited like gangbusters. And they, I mean, again, they could win 12 games off of this schedule. That defense is an NFL defense. And if Shea Patterson is the second coming, that's an unbelievable football team. But if he's not, um, and, you know, like if they go eight and four again with this team and this talent, me, I mean, while Urban Meyer, I mean, it's just the expectations are totally different. You've got Ohio State fans, you know, feeling down in the dumps about a 12-win season. And Michigan's not remotely at that level right now. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, it's, and again, that this is all goes to say, this all is what makes it such a fascinating season. Um, because, well, here, here yeah. I think this is the important thing, though. Like, I don't care what Michigan fans think. That is that is they are they are never going to have influence over the decision because partially because of what happened to Rich Rod, like that ushered in. I mean that was certainly in part fan driven uh, that they were all losing his their minds that he wasn't a Michigan man and they didn't like his offense and this and the other thing and the school overreacted and they paid the price for four years because of it. Maybe I, I, I feel I feel like there's a difference between Michigan fans and Michigan boosters. Well, I don't think I like. 
again, boost like that. That school is so rich. I don't think the boosters have the sway that they might otherwise. I mean, like, to me, it comes down to the administration and the athletic department and how comfortable they are because they they've done the the you know the swing back and forth fire coaches thing. They tried it with with Richrod and it was a disaster. And I think I think they're gonna let Harbaugh coach. I mean, in, in, unless unless he's mistreating a kid or something's going like really horribly wrong. If they go six and six, like sure. Um, but if they have really tight losses again against Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think he gets canned, but I think that seat starts getting hot. I so again, I love to play this out on a week by week basis. Let's say they lose to Notre Dame week one, win their next three, they're three and one. They that, lose on I, the road. Just um, they're not going to lose to Notre Dame. You don't think? No. Way. I. I mean, I again. I mean, I know from. Well, again, I don't want to step on a Notre Dame pod. I know defensively they are better than Notre Dame on the defensive I, side I mean, of the ball. They they lost their running back. Uh, they had two offensive linemen drafted. Yeah, in we the don't first wanna, round. Yeah, like, we don't we don't want to step on it too much because we we're, Bra- we're gonna Brandon be Brandon Wimbush Wimbush hasn't figured out how to throw yet. Like we don't want to we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to step on the Notre Dame preview. Um, but the but okay, so let's say they start out fine. But let's just say on the road for the sake of argument. Um, then they win their next three, um, uh, as I try so hard not to step on the Nebraska pod that I want to step on so hard. <laughs> uh, they win their next three with very little trouble uh, and then get into Northwestern. Let's say they lose Northwestern three and two, beat Maryland um, four and two, lose to Wisconsin, lose at Michigan State four and four heading into the bye week. Um, that's, that's an interesting place to be with Penn state coming up. Um, uh, and again, but again, if Patterson is the real deal, Scuzz is, I mean, Scuzz painted a compelling picture of a, of an offense that is one player away from being good and their defense is zero players away from being amazing. So, um, they're, I mean, if, if it comes together for them on the offensive side of the ball, they may roll. Uh, right up until Wisconsin comes to town on the 13th. Um, and, and you know, that's the optimistic forecast. It's all there for them. I will say, I think if they lose to Wisconsin at home, that would be the thing that, that will make people really angry. I think it's very possible that could happen. Um, I haven't gone deep on Michigan State yet, but I don't feel good about Michigan going to State on October 20th. Um, I think that they'll house Maybe not Howes, but I I think they'll have Penn State's number. Penn State on the road last year with all of their talent was not good. We talked about uh, we talked about them in our our no, our no play previews that uh, they've got some serious drop offs and some serious problems despite recruiting gangbusters. And then Ohio State, like I I'm going to predict nine and three for Michigan. I think they lose three games. I think Wisconsin and Michigan State and Ohio State are just too good. And year two of Patterson is when they can really do some major damage. Um, just it's going to take time for him to know the system. I think they're going to hammer Notre Dame week one. Uh, unfortunately for uh, those close to me who are Notre Dame fans. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't love our chances of beating them, but I don't think it's a, it's not a lost cause either. It's not like playing Ohio state. I think our, our scenario is the same as Wisconsin's scenario is the same as Michigan State's scenario. 
um, in terms of it just keep it in the mud and keep it low scoring and it just might break your way. Um, well, and let, I, let's all remember the last time that Michigan came to Northwestern. And it was, what, garbage weather, right? And yep. Uh, yep. And we took the win. No, we didn't. Oh no, we didn't. What am I thinking about? We haven't we haven't beaten them in a long time, unfortunately. That that was that was the ten to nine. Simeon slips on the two point yeah. conversion. Oh right, 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 right. Yes, because yep. we ne- aka we... the moon game. That's right. Michigan zero zero. <laughs> moon, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about moon. Remember moon? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it's, right. They that was were... a game we didn't go until after halftime because it was brutal and the beer outside was re- really good. That sealed our winless, uh, our 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 winless against Michigan in the Brady Hoke era asterisk, which is really painful to me. We should have beaten him three times. That's right. I forgot about that one. It's funny. Speaking of speaking three of, goddamn OTs the year before. Oh, speak, now I'm going to get angry. Speaking of speaking of the name Brady and Michigan games, I watched in horrible weather. <laughs> I once watched a quarterback named Tom Brady. Barely beat Northwestern in a god awful frozen monsoon. Twelve six. Uh, yeah, two of the points which came on a on a self inflicted Northwestern safety safety because right. we were punting from the back of the end zone. Oh god, absolutely brutal. Oh, that game was terrible. That was I drank I, I drank a lot of tequila after that game. <laughs> yeah. Up in the just Pantheon to warm up. With, I mean, God, with with last year's Minnesota game as games that just were. Un- unbelievable exposures to the elements, but with all anyway, I'm, I'm so off track at this point. But the but I don't know. I'm with everything that I said. I'm feeling nine and three, like Scuzz said, or better. I'm I'm waffling between nine and three and ten and two. Um, again, you can't undersell. And yes, this is a defense. Like if you like defensive football in any way. Then you must watch Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, and Michigan, Ohio State. Those will be the amount of NFL players who are going to come out of those of those four defenses. It's just a staggering amount of talent. There's no conference that is going to field a defense four defenses remotely of the caliber of those four defenses. Um, and and again, so. Those might be low-scoring games and thus coin flips, and they could go against Michigan. But I don't know if Patterson's the guy; they they might have it. Anything else to add on uh, on the Wolverines before we get out of here? Nah, nah. Stupid rodents. <laughs> circle that road. Circle that road game in Piscataway, man. It's, it's a trap trap game. <laughs> sure. last, last, last time it was so trappy they won 78 to nothing i, I was gonna say uh, can we bet on whether or not rutgers will score in that game that's that's what i want to know <laughs> rutgers, Rut, rutgers scored 14 at the big house last year it's trending upward Trend, all signs <laughs> all signs point to an upset yeah, so, someone should give rutgers a cookie for that i mean that that's yeah. definitely you know good on them well, in any case, we'll go ahead and leave it there for our Michigan preview. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. You can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. John Lacombe and Eric Skazby and Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.